0: We welcome welcome your ears. ears. We welcome welcome your ears. ears. We welcome your ears. That's what I noticed too in listening through some of the podcasts of the first few years is because it was kind of new and exciting for us. We'd never done this before. We brought a lot of energy and insight and love to crafting each of these podcasts.
1: You're listening to The Sill Podcast with Peter Noce and Harry Posner. Episode 200 pH factor flying loose. The sill lands on 200. Come on in, have a seat, join the conversation. So, Harry, here we are, 200. Can you believe it?
0: Wow, crack open the champagne, cue the special effects. <laughs> Clink, clink, pop. <laughs> hmm. <For sure. laughs> Yay. <Yeah.
1: laughs> 200. 200. So we wondered about what we were going to do today, and we decided that essentially we were going to cover the last six years that we've been doing this. Well, it'll be six years in July, actually, but this is our sixth year, so to speak. Yep. And we thought we'd break it up, and you'd begin with the first three years, and then we'd segue into the second three years, and uh, just uh, take things as they come. Sure. So let's go back to that uh, July afternoon. In 2017.
0: wow uh, yeah. And the question was, who do we think we are? It was a podcast about you and I and our backgrounds, just to give some introduction to folks about the hosts of this new podcast. And it was short and sweet. I think it was about 15 minutes long. And then we decided to launch into it. Now, the first couple of years, we were very ambitious and we produced a podcast every week. That's right. For several years, two years, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And that was quite interesting to get into that rhythm. After a while, it got a bit too onerous in terms of our time, and we went to once every two weeks. But we managed to talk about a hell of a lot of interesting and profound and lighthearted topics in those three years.
1: And speaking of which, just coincidentally, we began to go biweekly at Podcast 100, so right down the middle, and today we're at 200.
0: Yeah, Interesting. And our description for our podcast was a kind of intersection between art and technology. So that's how we began. That was our theme, if you like, mm-hmm. to always find both sides of that and kind of connect them together, no matter what the topic was, whether it was technology or the arts or what have you, we'd always bring in the other side of that as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And for those wondering, that's how we also came up with the word The Sill, because The Sill was sort of the dividing line between two sides of a window or a door.
0: Right. And, of course, let's remind people of the original title that we had for the cast, which was?
1: Two Guys Talking.
0: Yes. And then we had the idea of calling it Tongue and Groove. And uh, (laughs) we thought, Tongue and Groove, that sounds good. Yeah, we're we're talking, tonguing, and we're grooving on ideas. Tongue and Groove sounds just perfect. And then I think it was you, you dirty-minded soul, (laughs) who suggested that Tongue and Groove might be taken the wrong way. (laughs)
1: Well, let me preface this by saying that it wasn't just what I was thinking, but it was the expression I saw on people's faces when I mentioned the title. (laughs) People turned red and said, whoa, welcome to sex talk. But it made sense. Logically, it made sense. Sure it did. Because we both were also very involved with music and uh, tongue and groove sort of connected the two of them because tongue was obviously associated with the spoken word. Yeah. And we know that the word groove, we talked about it in one of our podcasts, which was a word that came out of the jazz age the musicians used to use
0: sure i think we should take the intro music we used in those early days which was this very dancey upbeat music and it was a lot of fun so let's let people listen to that I think it was cool. It was great music. I always danced to that.
1: Well, I remember when I first introduced it because I sort of had you in mind when I did that because we had just done a poetry CD with you and I knew the tunes that we were incorporating into some of that lighthearted stuff. Well, it was lighthearted in a sense, but it was also provocative, some of the things that you were writing as well as being light. Mm -hmm. And that music sort of depicted the levity portion of that.
0: Right. And we did our first interview early on with Andrew Welch, Mm -hmm. who is a local author in the area of Orangeville. And his book was called The Value Crisis. And we did a beautiful long interview with him, a very erudite fellow. Mm -hmm. And that was early on. And that kind of set the stage for something we introduced, I think it was in year two, which was The Undefinable Spirit. That's right. Which was a series of interviews with all kinds of interesting folks. But we'll get to that as we go.
1: I should mention at this point that, in part, when I first approached you about doing this podcast in 2016, in 2015, I had met Andrew in a cafe, and that was the first time I'd ever met him. And I met him because next to the cafe was a bookstore, and one day I was perusing the books, and I saw this book, The Value Crisis, and I began to read it, and I bought it, and I read it, and then I looked him up, and we met at the cafe, what was supposed to be for a few minutes, ended up being a two-hour discussion. So I kept it in the back of my head for well over a year before I approached you about the podcast. So that meeting with Andrew did precipitate some of my ideas about doing a podcast in general, because I thought, well, maybe I can use this as a vehicle to create content to expose other people to similar things.
0: Right. And it's amazing the kinds of projects and ideas that are birthed in cafes. I mean, we met in that very same cafe you're talking about, and this podcast was really birthed in that same cafe. So, bravo to cafes
1: everywhere. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was doing technical stuff, assisting people with their mobile devices and so on in the cafe while you were writing.
0: And it wasn't long after that that I became Poet Laureate of Dufferin County. So, that added another dimension to the kinds of content that we were delivering through the podcast. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk more about that as well. But year one was very interesting altogether because it began in June, I think. So, half a year, if you like, of podcasts. But in that half year, we produced one of the podcasts that became, I think it's still up there, a second or third most popular, most downloaded podcasts. and that was TSP019.
1: Yes, that's right. It's the second most listened to podcast that we have out of the 200, yes.
0: Yeah, it was Hello Darkness, My Old Friend, and it was all about exploring the idea of darkness, depression the dark side of life, dream life, the dark side of the earth, all of these things that people go through, and everyone goes through darkness. It's part of the human condition, if you
1: like. And it's funny the way that worked out, because little did we know in 2017 that within almost exactly three years, all the things that we talked about in that particular podcast came to fruition for millions of people around the world. And in fact, many of the downloads that have occurred for that podcast occurred post-COVID.
0: Well, not only that podcast, but numbers of them. We talked about free speech. We talked about racism. We talked about any number of very serious topics that relate perfectly to what went down from 2020 onwards. Mm -hmm. So it seemed like no matter what we talked about, it became kind of relevant to what was going to happen. But what we decided to do as part of our podcast experience was to share some of our own personal experiences during our podcasts. And in that Hello Darkness podcast, I shared my mother's experience in Auschwitz, and you shared your father's experience during the war and the after effects of that, the PTSD that you suggested he probably came back with, Mm -hmm. and the problems after that. We also talked about sort of the positive side of the darkness, which is the light. And artists who work with darkness that bring us light through that process, like John Lennon and those kinds of people, So, to me, it was a really interesting episode, and I understand why it's one of our most popular episodes, because everybody's interested in the dark side of life, since it's with us no matter where we go.
1: We also began to discuss between us about how we could perhaps engage in something with a little bit more levity, and that's when you came up with the whole idea of digging words.
0: Yeah, I think that was in year... 2018, when Digging Words came up. And the first word, I think, was ubiquitous that we explored. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a lover of words. I'm a writer. And so, I thought, we use words and take them for granted. Why not look into these words, some of which are very mysterious in their origins, or made up in some cases. And to me, that was a really fun series that we put together on Digging Words. We let it go at a certain point. But in the meantime, we covered ambido, brigadocio, ubiquitous numbers of them.
1: And there was one very special one which some people commented on as well and continues to get play time now which was TSP068. Talk about that a bit.
0: Oh, that's the word risible. I amuse you. I make you laugh. My mum sent me an email when she was drunk and uh, (laughs) this is true. She phoned me up the next day and said, Danny, I sent you an email but I was drunk but you shouldn't have got it. I pulled the plug out of the wall. (laughs) I had to pretend I didn't get it. I said, no, Mom, I didn't get it. No. I still think he's my real dad. Um, (laughs) uh... One of our most raucous and upbeat and fun episodes, I have to say. We talked about health benefits during that episode. We had our own personal comic stories and embarrassing stories of what happened to us. Talked about types of humor and laughter as a kind of antidote to our angst over our own mortality. Lots of good energy in that podcast. And that's what I noticed too in listening through some of the podcasts of the first few years is because it was kind of new and exciting for us. We'd never done this before. We brought a lot of energy and insight and love to crafting each of these podcasts. So yeah, Rizable was a very funny one. You told some jokes at the beginning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The fact that I told that joke was kind of an anomaly in some ways because I always tended to be the more serious one. And I think one of the things that I wanted to discuss very briefly is how much we've both learned from doing this podcast and the things that we've gained from it, personal development, uh, communication skills, and so on. And even now, as we're speaking, because you then moved to Nova Scotia almost a year ago now, we've continued doing this podcast and we've actually added a few more learning skills. We've accentuated the listening skill, which is more of a factor now that we can't see each other's body language when we're speaking.
0: Yeah, I mean, there were all kinds of developments, including my move, including the COVID situation. When that COVID situation kind of really helped shape a lot of the topics
1: that we covered. As a matter of fact, in March of 2020, the last podcast that we did before COVID was actually announced was Hagia Sophia, And on the tail of that, we began a couple of podcasts on COVID and COVID-related issues. And one of them, we did a three-part series on.
0: Well, this was the one where we actually did it by phone. We weren't in person.
1: Because we couldn't be.
0: We couldn't be. It was verboten. (laughs) (laughs) Verboten. And so we decided to do this. It was not a three-part. It was actually a three-day We recorded over three days in three separate conversations Mm -hmm. that we then put together into one or two podcasts, as I recall. That's right. But it was a different way of working. It was also a chance to kind of explore how we could work via phone and make the sound better. And that was something for you to take on as the techie here, to work with the sound and make it really good. So we managed to figure that out.
1: That was TSP-122. Yep where we welded together the three days into one podcast. Yeah.
0: I also want to mention that we started up a series in 2018, which was a really exciting idea for us because we both love music in different ways. And it was called Transcendent Tunes. And we would choose a particular tune that we felt was influential and important in the history of music. Tunes like Dylan's
1: Like a Rolling Stone. What else do we do in terms of Transcendent Tunes? Well, when you talked about Dylan, we called it Dylan's Revolutionary Epiphany. Mm -hmm. And that was TSP-074. That was the very first. Actually, it wasn't the first transcendent tune we did. The first, The Beach Boys. Yep, Uh, That was TSP-067. And we actually did a little thing in there where I spliced it together. So it sounded like you were interviewing Brian Wilson.
0: Right. (laughs) And we did Al Jolson. We did Billie Holiday. And we did well, the most popular podcast of the entire 200 episodes, and it's still the most popular, No Je Ne Regrette Rien, The Little Sparrow's Anthem, Edith Piaf. That was TSP 109 that we did in 2019. Now, I should add on
1: that one, because when you say it's the most popular, it's the most popular by a large margin. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well over 5,500 downloads or listens now. And the reason is... Because we began to sort of export our podcasts, the technology of the times allows us to reach people all over the world, and India became a big market for us, oddly enough, mm. of all the Asian countries so far anyway. That's where we've garnered most of our Asian downloads or listens, because many Indians are using their cell phones to access podcasts all over the world to educate themselves and improve their English and so on. And so a lot of that activity came from outside of Canada. Even though about 80% of our current listenership is in Canada, 20% now is outside our borders.
0: And that was when we started to study Hindi, Peter and I, (laughs) to see if we could reach the Indian continent more readily. (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. 2019 was an interesting year, too. Another first in that year was Peter and I going on location and recording on location. We hadn't done that before. It was always in the studio. And so we went to the museum, the Dufferin Museum, Mm -hmm. and we walked through and talked about the various exhibits there and talked to the director. And then we went on location in the Orangeville Food Bank and talked about what food banks mean and how they work and all that. So that was in a way an experiment to see whether we could do it.
1: And both those podcasts were local. Yeah. For those that aren't familiar with the area or what we're talking about, we live in southern Ontario, Canada, so the museum and the food bank were both in our local community.
0: And in that year, 2019, I guess my favorite cast of them all, for various reasons, was TSP083, which is Degeneracy Trumps Fascism. Mm. And it was a podcast where we talked about well, it was a time trek, yes. and it was a podcast where we talked about this art show that happened in 1939 in Germany, where the Nazis gathered up all of this artwork from across the country and called it degenerate, debased art and created an art show, an actual art show with all of these pieces kind of higgledy piggledy hung on the wall, and in a way said, go see this degenerate art show so you know what degenerate art is you wonderful Aryans, you. And millions of people saw this art show. In fact, more people saw this art show than saw the mainstream art show down the block.
1: Much to Hitler's chagrin.
0: Yeah, an art show which exalted the ideological, traditional ways of that world. So for me, it's one of the better ones because it's a lesson in history. A lot of people don't know about that event.
1: And remember, too, what we were going through here with the whole Trump
0: era, Oh, yes, of course. It also, when you think about what that art show represented, it actually represented what we now call cancel culture. Mm-hmm. The Nazis were trying to cancel a certain aspect of culture that they considered deleterious to their vision of a greater Germany. And so here we have Trump and his greater America, make America great again, echoing that. And then the cancel culture that emerged after that and through COVID echoes back to these kinds of earlier times during totalitarian regimes. So to me, it was an important podcast.
1: There was one podcast for me in particular, which sort of deviated from most of the things we talked about because we rarely talked about the inner workings of the podcast itself, all the technical stuff that was involved in the background and so on, which by the way, is also one of the more popular podcast which is TSP181 where we talk about podcasting in general. However, there was another one that we did back in 2020 which was TSP127 called It's a DIY World Peggy Lee's Delicious Lips uh-huh. which was the book that you wrote and we actually talked about the making of that audiobook and the technical stuff as well as the preparatory work. And of course, we also have to remember that it's no longer called Peggy Lee's Delicious Lips. It's called Malware, and perhaps you could give us a little bit more information on that.
0: Yeah, it was an interesting story because I had self-published Malware, and then a couple of months after I self-published it, a publisher came to me and said, we'd like to publish your book. We really like it, but it needs to change its title for various reasons. And so we came up with Peggy Lee's Delicious Lips as the title. And then it turns out that that publishing company didn't do much to promote the book and to really get behind it. So I decided to take the rights back from them and put the old name back on. So again, it's called Malware. It's its own novella, but it's also part of a trilogy of novellas that I published a couple of years ago called Malware. So that's kind of the backstory of the book part of it. And then we did the audio book, Peggy Lee's Delicious Lips. We did that audio book over about, I don't know what, six to eight months,
1: Yes, we recorded it in pieces and then I welded it together at the end of that period.
0: Yeah. So that was my first full audio book. We had done the recording of the Toshi series, some children's stories way, way back prior to that. And then we had also done a CD of my spoken word poetry in the event of true happiness, I think a year or two prior to that. So
1: Mm -hmm. All this material is available at posnerbooks.com. That's P-O-S-N-E-R books.com which is Harry's own site, and a lot of this material is available there.
0: Buy now and get a free vacuum cleaner, a free vacuum cleaner, <laughs> buy now, buy now.
1: So we moved on from there, and then, of course, we brought back Andrew Welch because he wrote a sequel to The Value Crisis, and we thought that after we actually read his book, the new one, which was called... Our Second Chance. And that book, again, brought up many, many issues and discussed many ongoing challenges that we have in our political and social and economic systems that we live through every day. And we began to explore that and thought, we can do a trilogy on this because there was enough material in that book to discuss such things. And that's what we did. We began a trilogy series.
0: TSP 148, 149, and 150. And we talked about universal basic income in one of them. We talked about the gift economy and no fat on those bones. It's all lean, good meat.
1: <laughs> yes. Also, you should know that that trilogy, all three of them are in the top 25 of our 200 podcasts in terms of interest, access, downloads, and listenership.
0: Yeah. And just prior to that is one of my favorite, and I think yours too, podcasts. We did a four previous podcasts to that was TSP 144, which was our Pinocchio podcast called The Tale of Two Puppets. And that's the one where you actually start off the podcast speaking in this beautiful Italian as you begin the Pinocchio story in
1: Italian. C'era una volta un re. Diranno subito i miei piccoli lettori. No, ragazzi, avete sbagliato. C'era una volta un pezzo di legno. Non era un legno di lusso, ma un semplice pezzo da castata, di quelli che d'inverno si mettono nelle stufe e nei caminetti per accendere il fuoco e per riscaldare le stanze.
0: And we talked about how different the original was to the Disney version. Very interesting. And by the way, there's a recent film of Pinocchio that won an Oscar for animated film mm-hmm. by Guillermo del Toro. His film Pinocchio won the Oscar recently. So, yeah, to me, that was a fun episode.
1: And that one is a very interesting podcast because it began like most of the others and it has now risen to the top five, Mm. which is crazy because there wasn't anything really distinguishing about it. And we don't really do any marketing, but I suspect what happened because a lot of the interest and downloads came from the European continent of all places. Yep, And perhaps that had some connection to Italy and so on because Pinocchio, as you know, and we discussed in the podcast, is a huge personality in Italy, the equivalent of, say, Mickey Mouse here in North America. Yeah. So the interest perhaps hit them, and then word of mouth, of course, gets around. So a lot of the interest that is garnered is through word of mouth.
0: Now, speaking of Europe and Italy, it was around that time, 2021, I believe, when we introduced the first Planetary Postcard podcast,
1: that's right, TSP-153.
0: Yeah, which was a series where we interviewed folks from around the planet, actually, to get a sense for what was happening in their neck of the woods and their culture and what they were dealing with. And the very first one was with your cousin, Pietro Noce. That's right, in,
1: in southern Italy, yes. In Calabria.
0: And then we went to South Africa with Bongiwe and to Berlin, Ansgar Bittermann, to Greece, Numbers of countries that we included in that uh, series, which I really appreciated because it gave us a chance and gave our listeners a chance to get a sense for what's happening in the
1: world. We actually concluded with an old cohort of yours in Japan, Tokyo, Paul Denoid.
0: That's right. So yeah, doing this for six years gave us a chance to play, to change, to introduce things, to drop things out. And that's the nature of podcasting, I think it's a playground it's so early in its evolution overall there's lots that can be done with it
1: and so much has happened since we began into the growth of this industry even though it began in 2004 it didn't really take off until probably the early 2010s as they say and we began in 2017 but since then there's been a doubling at least of the number of available podcasts the interest all suddenly Industries, commerce, they're paying a lot of attention to podcasts because the whole audio medium has taken off and they've discovered also that people being a more intimate medium where people get to develop relationships through the listening process that the advertisers are more keen on it now because they realize that when these things are being discussed in podcasts the probability of selling products and services is much much higher when it's coming from a so-called trusted source.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I mean that's one aspect of podcasting and the other is the requirement if you like to keep producing what in some respects a dirty word now as becoming so content the word content. And so our challenge is to produce podcasts that aren't just here's some more content because we're trying to fill a space with something. We want it to be relevant. We want it to be entertaining and educational at the same time. That's always been part of our raison d'etre here at the podcast. Mm -hmm. And so when people ask us now, so what next after episode 200? Well, I think we can safely say that we're going to Take some time to think and rethink how we're approaching the podcast because we've done a lot in six years. And is it time for a radical shift, a radical change? That's something Peter and I are going to talk about over the next few weeks.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll stay connected because we have, even if we stop tomorrow, we have now over 100 hours of recorded material available to anyone, anytime. Our website has been revised as well. We have a brand new website that's just gone up, actually, Mm -hmm. that also makes it a lot easier to access everything. And when I say everything, we have the six categories, some of which we've discussed here. We also have a new guest page where you can access information on all the people that we've interviewed. Continue there if you wish to click on any of their links to know more. And so, as Harry just mentioned, we will keep information going until we devise a new game plan.
0: Yeah, and we would encourage you to send along your comments like, where do you think we should go next? What do you feel is missing in your auditory world that maybe we could approach and tackle and have fun with? Send in your comments about where we should go next. Peter, let's end this podcast by me asking you and you asking me What have you gotten out of doing this podcast? What is the best part of your experience in the last six years?
1: I can tell you that the experience has been immeasurable in many ways. I've learned so much about myself. Obviously, I've learned a lot more about you, not just working together, but sharing time on this podcast. And I have to say that it's been, I'm hoping it'll continue to be a real pleasure working with you. I know that this is not the easiest of things at times, and we do have a certain way of communicating and connecting with one another, which makes it, I think, well, I'll speak for myself, certainly makes it easier for me sometimes to just listen more, which is something that I've been working on for most of my life to be a better listener. And this podcast has certainly helped me in that regard. It's also helped me, I think, in a more basic level. We talk a lot about our shifting moods and depressions and whatnot that people experience in day-to-day life. And for me, in many ways, this has been very cathartic as well. Mm -hmm. And it certainly has alleviated things that, for example, we often take our moods and feelings and express them at social events and so on, which isn't always appropriate. Not everybody's either interested or wants to know that particular thing that you're talking about. And this sort of allows you an avenue Mm -hmm. where you can do that and that sort of calms the spirit and puts you in a different mode. And as I said, I would say the number one thing would be becoming a better listener, I think, and something that, of course, I'll continue to work on.
0: Beautiful. And my answer to that question really is that the podcast has helped me, in a sense, stay connected to the world we live in. As you get older, and as you've called us, junior seniors, we're junior seniors, (laughs) I'm turning 72 tomorrow, and as one gets older, there's a tendency to disconnect more and more as the years go by to the world around you, because you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't have much of this left, and it's going to be history, so Hmm. what's the point of getting all riled up about anything on the planet? But this podcast has helped me do that, get riled up about stuff going on, and to, to do research and learn things I've never known before about our history, about the human condition, and about myself as a citizen, as a global citizen.
1: Yeah, good point, Harry. I should have added that as well about staying in touch with what's current or at least being motivated to learn things because we're actually going to be discussing something. So I should have added that as well.
0: Yeah. And so it's been a delight doing this with you. And the challenge has been more than fulfilling to me. And having this sort of rhythm too, every two weeks, it sort of gives a rhythm to life, strangely enough, that this is something you look forward to every two weeks. It's like a bicycle ride down the long road of life and the wheel turns every two weeks and here
1: we are again it's a form of uh, samba or tango (laughs) it's a (laughs)
0: tango man it's therapy and it's a tango at the same time so there we go and let's uh, look forward to our next podcast whatever that may be and whenever that may be and wishing all you listeners A great 100 hours of listening. Start from episode one and go all the way through. Go to a cave in the Himalayan mountains and listen to all the episodes. And I think, I hope you'll be delighted by what we've produced.
1: So in conclusion for me, I want to thank you. I want to thank you, the listener. And I want to thank whatever it is that's been bestowed upon me, good health and so on, and the ability to, for six years, not skip a beat, just to be able to show up and do it. I'm very grateful for that. And on that note, Harry, ciao. Ciao, Peter. The Sill Podcast is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at thesillpodcast.com.
0: Thank you for your donation to The Sill Podcast.